This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Ugallery. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists on ugallery.com. As the leading curated online gallery, ugallery.com features a diverse collection of original artworks hand-selected by expert curators. With free shipping and free returns, delight in the joys of original art from the comfort of your home. Browse the collection at ugallery.com. That's the letter U, gallery.com. This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is also sponsored by Sotheby's Institute of Art, which I'm proud to say is my own alma mater. Shortly after college, I obtained an art business master's degree on their London campus. Sotheby's Institute has been providing a premier education in art and its market since 1969. Join over 6,000 alumni, like me, whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree, or hone your expertise by signing up for an online course, a two- or four-week summer program for an educational experience that covers everything from art finance and entrepreneurship to art history. Visit Sotheby'sInstitute.com to learn more. And this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is also sponsored by Artbase. You're tracking a blue-chip art collection, so why are you using cheap art collection database software? Artbase is the leading luxury collection management software platform in the world. Totally secure, full-featured, customizable, and easy to use on computers, iPads, and iPhones. Artbase comes with plenty of training and support to get you going and keep you efficient. Unlike most collection management systems, with Artbase, only you have access to your information on your computers. So visit Artbase.com today to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with art market economist Claire McAndrew, founder of Arts Economics and author of the recently released 2017 Art Basel and UBS Global Art Report. Claire, thanks for speaking with us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. First, what's the major takeaway or a few of the major takeaways on how the art market performed last year and how it did relative to the years just before and just after the credit crisis? Um, I think if we're looking, focusing on 2016, which the report does, it's, it was quite a challenging year for the art market. Sales were down on aggregate by about 11%, so they reached about $57 billion. And that was actually the second year of declining sales. <clears throat> but these, these macro figures, they do mask a lot of different performance and different trajectories that are, are going on within the marketplace. But I think if you look at this big picture, um, we had this very significant boom in sales up to 2007, very strong supply and demand driving the market forward. And sales reached about 66 billion in 2007. So they had nearly kind of doubled in value in the space of five or six years. And then we had this very, very big decline in the fallout from the global financial crisis. Nearly every sector of the market kind of suffered in that period. And the market as a whole lost about 40% of its value from 2007 to 2009. Um, And I think despite the fact that the global economy was pretty slow in spots to recover from that, the art market came back pretty strongly then. And it was really driven by the the big performers like the US and China. And it managed to maintain a fairly positive momentum um, since then, a little bit more subdued, but mainly positive up to 2014. And that was the highest peak in the market at 68 billion. And I think um, really when you look at it, the problems that you have when you get that big um, in a supply limited market, such as the art market, even keeping up that pace becomes quite 
difficult, never mind um, having positive growth. And so I, I think in maybe 2015, it wasn't that surprising that we saw some cooling of growth. And in 2016, the market contracted again. And supply continues to be the big factor here. I think we saw much fewer high-end sales, particularly in the fine art auction market. And that's really what had bolstered the very rapid expansion up to 2014. And the other thing, I suppose, why it's not taking big the big swings up and down um, is that, as I said, many performing, many regions and sectors are performing quite differently, um, and that's subduing those bigger figures. Um, and and you see that that's also helped its downside. I mean, if you look back at the previous recession in the market at the end of the 80s and early 90s, I mean, the market took about 15 years to recover from that recession. Whereas if you look at 2009, it came back much quicker. And that's because it is a much more globally diverse marketplace, both on the buying side and on the selling side. You reported that auction sales fell 26%, while art dealer sales saw a slight bump, actually, of about 3%. You've created an annual report on the art market for several years. Does such a disparity between auction and dealer sales often occur in your observations, or how important is the spread we saw last year? I think it is important, and it's it's an example of this kind of mixed performance between segments of the marketplace where the dealer sector did much better than auction the auction sector in 2016. I mean, if you look at these over time, they've kind of wavered on an aggregate global level around 50-50 for many years, and they kind of tended to go up and down more marginally um, year on year. But in 2016, you know, on aggregate, the dealer sector rose to 57%. And if you look back in time to the last time, in fairly recent history that it was that high, it was back in 2009 when the market was was very low. And I think what this shows is that generally in a fairly buoyant market, um, auction sales tend to perform the most strongly. And it's it's the sellers that are, are really kind of underneath this trend. So the sellers are enticed into this public arena because there's ample demand around. And there's a really good chance that you might get better than anticipated result from the auction sector. Whereas if you have a less certain and declining market, like we have seen certainly last year, um, the risk at auction is obviously much greater. It's a very public place for, for sale to sale. Um, and the potential for getting that up, unexpected upside is, is really reduced. And I think that really probably tempted a lot more vendors to pursue private sales in 2016, especially at the high end. I mean, this is such a I've always said this is such a supply-driven marketplace. It tends to be the plans of sellers, especially at the high end, that really tend to drive a lot of these overall trends. Um, So that's, I think, what we saw in 2016. I mean, I think it's very important to remember overall that these shares between the dealer and auction sector do differ quite dramatically between countries. So, for example, I'm doing a a study on the Spanish art market at the moment, and they're about 70% um, dealer sales versus if you look at somewhere like China, it's about 70% auction sales. But, But the major markets like the UK and US um, the majority is dealer sales, and dealers certainly performed relatively better than auctions in 2016, but that hasn't always been the case. And overall, your report showed about an 11% drop in art sales last year, bringing the total to $56 billion. And meanwhile, the recently re- released TFAF report, which you used to author, showed an increase of just under 2%, bringing the total to $45 billion. What does this discrepancy say about the challenges of measuring the non-transparent art market? Or if you have any other thoughts on that, I'd love to hear it. Um, I, I think it says a lot. I think one of the main things is that it takes kind of years of working in the sector to develop and kind of an understanding of and a feel for how the market works and to really understand perhaps the difference between theory and practice. 
And I think measuring this market is a lot more than getting some public statistics from one source and saying there's the market. I mean, even in the auction sector, you can't unfortunately rely on one source of data. You have to account for multiple sectors, the fine art sector, the decorative art sectors, and you have to really understand where the gaps are as well. And then in the dealer sector, you need surveys, and these have to be representative across different sectors, or they can lead to kind of quite biased results. And you need enough responses, and you also need to make sure you have enough um, coverage and to cover sectors like the contemporary and modern um, art markets, or else you're not really getting an accurate picture of what's going on. Um, I think there's one point on the surveys, because I think there's been a lot said about this. I mean, surveys are used in many industries, so this isn't particularly... Uh, a unique feature of the art trade. It isn't the only um, marketplace that there is a, a kind of a private or non-transparent part of the of the sector. Um, but with methods, with using surveys and these these sorts of methods, you really need to understand how the information perhaps fits into the realities of the marketplace and how your sample reflects the population you're trying to cover and represent. And that takes quite a bit of research and study at a country level and a sector sectoral level and that kind of takes a significant amount of time and specific expertise to build up and I think you know with these kind of things if you spoke to anybody in the art trade last year nobody would have thought it was a particularly good year and and that possibly should have flagged some of the measurement issues that existed and but to understand those things I think you need to talk to people you need to be at fairs and auctions and then you need to gather enough data and equally important I think is to understand and interpret the data you gather so it's unfortunately not that straightforward and not that simple of a market to cover. You just mentioned that speaking with people in the trade, most last year would say that the market uh, didn't perform as well as in the past. What would you say to someone who's an outsider to the art world and is trying to understand why the art market had a setback last year while they observed other asset classes such as stocks performing really well? I think I mean, even in the stock market, I don't think it was necessarily a straightforward year. I mean, there was a lot of, certainly by the end of the year, it was a good year, mm-hmm. you know, in equities and other financial markets. But, you know, there's a lot of up and down, a lot of volatility, so it wasn't really plain sailing. But it, I think um, the if you look kind of historically and tracking this over you know several decades, what we have seen is that on a very macro level, the art market often lags financial markets and wider economic indicators. And that could possibly uh, have been what happened in, in 2016. You know, it's been a positive start to the year this year. Um, it's a very early days to be saying we've seen some strong sales in Asia um, just recently and other areas of the market getting off to a good start. But I think that could could be uh, possible just if you're going to believe what's happened in the past, that could be a possible reason for this divergence in, in performance. Um, but it's never straightforward. And even if you're looking at a micro level between sectors of the art market, some of those perform very, very differently and there's a lack of correlation. So um, this is just a very general uh, trend that we've noticed over kind of decades of looking at the art market. Um, and I think it's very much, again, it's a supply-driven marketplace. It's not just what people can afford this year or what they want to spend on luxuries, but it's what comes onto the market and, you know, it, whether people think this is a good time to sell, you know, especially at the high end that affects these overall figures and how the year will pan out. And lastly, you re- released your report at Art Basel Hong Kong. To what extent is the global market shifting to Asia? How dominant has that market truly become? Can we finally believe all the numbers that are coming out of that market? 
Um, sure. Well, I think if you if you look at the wealth distribution, we did look a little bit of, into that in the report, and in particular the growth in high net worth wealth and its distribution. And the Asia-Pacific region is now the largest in terms of the high net worth population, and it has by far the highest expectations of growth. And there's a really interesting finding I quoted in the report about from UBS that there's a billionaire created in Asia every three days, which is a phenomenal um, statistic. And in countries like China, you can, you've seen this huge growth in urban populations and within those growth in high net worth individuals and, and the upper middle class. And this is the key people that are going to be purchasers in the luxury markets. And, and these markets are really fascinating to watch. I mean, particularly China, I've focused on a lot in recent years. It's just been kind of marching to the beat of its own drum, really. It's you know, when the rest of the world was kind of really struggling in 2009, it, it started this unprecedented boom in sales. Um, and that lasted right up until 2011. And then the market contracted and there was a couple of kind of fairly stagnant years. But even last year, you know, a lot of the major markets fell quite significantly. And in, in China, if you measure it in dollars, it, it fell slightly by 2%. But if you measure it in RMB, it actually slightly increased. So it, it wasn't an amazing year by any stretch for it for China, but it certainly performed a lot better than others. And in terms of market share, um, you know, it, China came from nowhere um, at the beginning of the century to taking over as the largest art market in the world in 2011, temporarily from the US. I mean, it has kind of shrunk back a little bit since, but it's still the third largest art, art market in the world. So it's, it's a phenomenal um, amount of growth in a very short period of time. And it was actually the largest auction market last year ahead of the US. The auction sector is very dominant in um, in China still, you know, close to 70% of sales by value in the market take place in the auction sector. Claire, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your thoughts on the market and touching on some of your major takeaways from your report, the 2017 Art Basel and UBS Global Art Report. We really appreciate it. And if our listeners want to learn more about the report, is there a website they can visit? Sure, the report's available on um, the Art Basel website, just www.artbasel.com forward slash the art market. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Claire. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Thanks again to you, Gallery, Sotheby's Institute of Art, and ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Discover the world's most talented emerging artists on ugallery.com. As the leading curated online gallery, ugallery.com features a diverse collection of original artworks hand-selected by expert curators. With free shipping and free returns, delight in the joys of original art from the comfort of your home. Browse the collection at ugallery.com. That's the letter U, gallery.com. Shortly after college, I obtained an art business master's degree on the London campus of Sotheby's Institute of Art. Sotheby's Institute has been providing a premier education in art and its market since 1969. Join over 6,000 alumni, like me, whose art world careers are connected through a Sotheby's Institute master's degree. Or hone your expertise by signing up for an online course, a two- or four-week summer program for an educational experience that covers everything from art finance and entrepreneurship to art history. Visit Sotheby'sInstitute.com to learn more. You're tracking a blue chip art collection. So why are you using cheap art collection database software? Artbase is the leading luxury collection management software platform in the world. Totally secure, full featured, customizable, and easy to use on computers, 
iPads, and iPhones. ArtBase comes with plenty of training and support to get you going and to keep you efficient. Unlike most other collection management systems, with ArtBase only you have access to your information and most importantly on your computers. So visit ArtBase.com today to find out more.